As I said last week, our goal of our time in this room is to do a Bible study. Like, that's what we're doing is we're studying the Bible. Um, I believe that Christ will meet us as we do that. I believe that he will encourage us. I, I believe that he will challenge us. I believe that he will um, refresh us and guide us. So speaking of Bible study, I felt like we felt like the best first series to do would be on exactly that, how to really read the Bible. And I don't know if I'm close to that slide, but Quinn, could you select the slide that says how to really read the Bible? There it is. I don't know why it's in parentheses. I thought it would add a little flair, but we're going to talk about how to read the Bible today. Um, not just read it, because anyone can read it, but we want to read it well. We want to read it rightly and to better understand this thing that we call the Bible. I firmly believe that we never outgrow our need for God's word. Um, so this time, even if it is foundational things we talk about, it is worth our time to reinforce our foundations. I remember I was, when Rachel and I were looking for houses, we saw a house that had a bad foundation. It's very scary when you have a bad foundation and you don't ever reinforce it and build it back and give it maintenance and focus on that foundation. So um, I firmly believe that we all have something to gain from our time uh, doing even simple, going back to the ABCs, basics of reading the Bible. Um, Isaiah 55:11 says that when God's word goes out, it does not return empty. So I truly believe that we will all benefit from a time spending reading the Bible, um, as basic as it may seem. Um, I want to start with a story. I remember a few years ago, I was listening to a YouTube video, and I forget exactly who it was, but it was a famous atheist that was doing an interview, and he was explaining why he didn't trust the Bible, and he explained why he thought the Bible was wrong. He said something along the lines of this, how could I trust the Bible when it says things that are not scientifically true? And he said, for example, the Bible says things like, God's thunder reaches the corners of the earth. And they didn't know that the planet was a globe, and so therefore they were wrong about the earth. It doesn't have corners. That was his argument. Was the Bible says the earth has corners, but the earth is a globe and doesn't have corners, so therefore the Bible is wrong and not inspired. It has an error. Um, that was his argument for why he thought he could not trust the Bible. Uh, the reason this man was wrong is because he is making the mistake of reading the Bible poorly, badly, not well. We don't want to do that. We want to read the Bible well. Um, he is reading the Bible as if it is a scientific textbook, always describing the physical world and doing nothing else. But the Bible is actually a collection of more genres than just, I mean, it never is a physical scientific textbook. It's a, a, a collection of many genres. And so when the Bible uses the phrase, the corners of the earth, it's not giving a description of the planet, but it is using a metaphorical phrase. Um, let me ask you a question. What is a piece of cake? Is it a dessert? Or is it something that's easy to do? Because the phrase piece of cake can poetically refer to something that is easy. It's called a figurative or metaphorical phrase. So how about this? What is a chip off the old block? Is it a piece of concrete 
Or is it referring to something else? Or the phrase, stop beating a dead horse. How many people ever actually are referring to a literal horse when they use that phrase? Uh, Rhetorical phrases were not invented with the dawn of the scientific revolution. Rhetorical phrases are everywhere in the Bible. And I remember when I watched that video, I like had to pause because I was just dumbstruck about how he, he, he wasn't reading well. As such a smart man, he wasn't reading well. Um, words can mean what, words can mean more than what they literally imply. Uh, precisely, The meaning of a word is whatever the author intended the word to mean. The meaning of a word is whatever the author intended the word to mean. And so when the Bible says four corners, it is figuratively talking about the ends, or the the, um, entirety of the earth, similar to the phrase the ends of the earth. It's not talking about actual ends. It's talking about the entirety of the earth. And the authors in scripture have an intended meaning, and we should seek to find that out not settle with a bad reading of the Bible. Um, So before we jump into the text today, the point I'm trying to make is this. The Bible is not meant to always be read literally. What's Pastor Logan doing on stage right now? The Bible is not always meant to be read literally because literally means something. The word literally means to the letter. To read something literally means to read it without any reference to symbolism. But the Bible is full of symbolism. To read something literally is to ignore symbolism, metaphor, or figurative meaning, but the Bible is full of those things. So the Bible is not meant to always be read literally. The Bible is meant to be read literarily. Bible is not meant to be read literally. The Bible is meant to be read literarily, as in according to the right type of literature, the right type of genre that you're reading. And above all else, the Bible is meant to be read seriously. And that man in that video was doing none of this. But it's what we're meant to do, to read it seriously because it is the word of God and it is talking about serious things, serious literal things, Serious symbolic things, serious metaphorical things, serious narratives, serious parables, serious commands. So we don't always read the Bible literally because sometimes the Bible doesn't want to be read literally. literally. And we read the Bible literarily according to the right genre and we always read it seriously because it's the very words of God. That was all my preface. Uh, We don't want to read the Bible badly. We want to read it rightly and that is the of tonight. So the text tonight is 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. If you have your Bible, please open to it. That is what I'll be talking about for the remainder of my time on stage and what you guys will be talking about at your tables once I am done. We don't want to read the Bible badly. We want to read it rightly. We want to read it well. We want to know how to really read the Bible. And in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, it says this. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good 
work. The reason that we go to scripture is because Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This is the word of God. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. What does this mean? I wanna say a little bit about what I think it means. Um, All scripture, what is scripture? Scripture is revelation from God. The word revelation comes from the word to reveal. God is revealing himself through scripture. Scripture is the most holy and important writings. That's what the word scripts mean in the word scripture. Writings. It's breathed out by God. God has revealed himself in two primary ways. Nature, which points to him in its beauty and order and holy scripture, both breathed out by him. He gives his word to us through the writings of inspired men who wrote down as the Holy Spirit inspired them. Uh, The human authors are authors, but we know that ultimately the Holy Spirit is the author of scripture. So therefore, all scripture breathed out by God, therefore, scripture is profitable. It has usefulness. It contributes towards teaching, reproof, correction, and training. Teaching, reproof, correction, and training for what? For righteousness. It is meant to guide and encourage and challenge us towards holy and right living. That's what Holy Scripture is for. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That the man of God may be as he should be. That the Christian may be as he should be, able and willing to be like Christ in this world. So this verse tells us, all Scripture is inspired by God, is useful to make Christians act like Christians. Scripture is useful to help Christians live like Christ. And one final note, scripture is not authoritative because it is useful. Scripture is useful because it is authoritative. It is the words of God. So the question is, that's what scripture is, how do we read it? And I have three things that I'd like to say that I think are crucial as we read the Bible and strive to read the Bible well. Um, Read, understand, and eat. We'll get to that last one and it'll make sense. Read, understand, and eat. Read the word. The first step is to read the word. Know how to read. Everything has a genre, which means everything has a category. Everything has a type of writing. We should read things in light of its category. You wouldn't watch a baseball game like it's a musical, even though they play music at the stadium. And you wouldn't watch Star Star Wars like it's a documentary on the physical world. Even though it has landscapes and and physical creatures, you shouldn't read Moby Dick like a comedy. Even though there's puns and fun imagery. Who here has read Moby Dick? (laughs) I love you guys. I've read the last couple pages. Uh, we found a copy of it at a garage sale and we opened up to the end and someone wrote in pencil, finally, the end. (laughs) The basics of reading, the basics of interpreting anything, of taking in content in general, requires that you understand the category of content you're taking in. Know how to read. 
The Bible has a wide range of genres and subgenres, and we need to acknowledge them when we're reading them. It's a, there's narratives, or it's a letter, or a proverb, or a psalm, or a prophecy, or a poem, or a command, and the list goes on. This is why it's really important to know what the entire Bible has to say. Not all of us in this room have read the entire Bible, but it's important at least to know what the entire Bible is getting at. And so that's why next week, I'm gonna attempt to summarize and paraphrase the, in, paraphrase the entire Bible because we need to know what section of scripture we're in. There's a purpose behind each book. Next week, we'll talk more on that, but um, we need to understand where we're at in scripture. Step one, read the word, know how to read, know the genre, know what you're reading. Uh, second, understand, understand the word. Know how to understand it. The Bible has an intent. The human author and divine author working together have an intended meaning. That means that you can be wrong about what you're reading. And it means that you can be right about what you're reading if you understand the intended meaning of the text. The intended meaning. Uh, you cannot make up meaning, and we all know that because how many of us have had trouble over text or social media when we say something, but someone didn't understand our tone or the way we were saying it, and they read it as saying something totally different than what we meant. And we'll say, that's not what I meant, because it's not what you meant. That means they read you wrong, or we've done that to other people. Miscommunication is what happens when the intended meaning is not understood. We don't want to have miscommunication with God and his word. So we need to understand the intended meaning that God has and not try to see what we want to see. Understand the word, know the intended meaning. And then lastly, eat the word. As in, think through what's the intended benefit that God has for his word. We have sought to read it rightly in the right genre. We want to understand the intended meaning. And lastly, we want to eat it. By eat it, uh, we mean we want the word to do something in our lives. We want it to actually affect us. You can't take food and put it in your mouth and then spit it out and expect it to give you nourishment. You need to fully digest your food. If the word is profitable, we want it to actually profit us. We want it to actually benefit us, which means we need to take it fully on and digest it, not spit it out. In Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, uh, the prophet Jer- Jeremiah said, your words were found and I ate them and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. Your words were found and I ate them and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. So the figurative language here, the imagery is that Jeremiah took a scroll with the words of God on it, he put it in his mouth and he fully digested it and it profited him. Like food that nourished him, he didn't spit it out. Your words were found and I ate them and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. That does not mean he physically ate paper. 
he was speaking figuratively. I found your word does not mean that it was literally lost and then he stumbled upon it. Just like I ate them does not mean he literally digested it. It's an imagery of he's letting the Bible take on its full effect in his life and change his life and it became to him a joy and the delight of his heart and that's what we want. He took it seriously and he let it affect him as opposed to spitting it out or ignoring it. We want to do the same. We want to read it seriously. We want to read it rightly and understand it. And we want to let it change our lives.